there's not a breath that goes by that I don't think about Jesus. And, you know, I mean, he's just, he, he's totally, he, he's, he is my Lord. He is the one I follow. He is my master. And mm -hmm. it's, it's strange to go from trying to create my own reality to totally surrendering to his reality that he has for my life. We all have fearful thoughts that limit our lives and we make decisions accordingly. How much better would life be if we exchange those fears for perfect love and truth? Just saying this feels freeing. Welcome to the Abundantly Me podcast with Tara Olette. She's a life coach, speaker, teacher, and writer. It has been so cool to witness how aware Tara is to God's love as she flips the script of fear, inspiring us to live abundantly. And this is my dear friend, Laura Fonseca, who is the producer of this life-giving podcast. I'm delighted to share space with her as she joyfully depends on God's voice and the written word to love others well within the mysteries of life. Okay, ready to flip the script? Oh, it's time. Let's go. listeners and welcome back. Welcome back to our new series on searching for truth. Today we are sharing part two of our conversation with Misha as she reflects on how the perfect love of Jesus mm. ambushed her in the midst of her new age practices and flipped the script on her life. Yeah, such a good testimony. So good. But before we get into that, yes. let's uh, have our report. On the Wheel of Fear from last week. All right, let's hear it. Let's so, have it. So my slice of the wheel last week was to reach out to the principal of the elementary where I was doing some work this past year mm -hmm. to see if I could participate in their fifth grade graduation. I just really wanted to attend or see if they needed any help with anything. Hmm. And uh, the reason I was a little nervous was because the principal <laughs> intimidates me a little bit. And I just didn't know if I was like inserting myself. I didn't, yeah. not 100% sure, you know, if the kids are even going to care if I'm there. Not that that matters because I just want to love on them anyway. Yeah. So I did. I emailed the principal and the secretary and our school liaison and um, just let them know I wanted to come and asked if mm. there was anything I could do. And they got back to me and said they were all set on decorations. But if I wanted to do anything special for the kids, that I was welcome to come. Um, so I got them a little, so I know I'm really excited and it's today. So I'm going, um, after we're done here, yes. I get to go and celebrate the fifth graders. And I want the listeners to know that this is a district near a nearby school district that is a title one at risk community. The entire district yeah. has, um, just federally, they're federally funded as well as state funded. Uh, because they are a they're a hurting district, and so you, along with other people in the area through a local church, that's where the liaison yep. comes in. And so you, a bunch of people, you're one of them, uh, goes into one of the schools and supports in various ways, from tutoring yeah. to doing the Kaleo dance and arts program. Yep. yep. And so you've been volunteering. Uh, and a lot of our good friends go in and spend time volunteering because they need as much support as possible. Yep. So you're just from the goodness of your own heart wanting to just um, celebrate the fifth graders, especially on yep. graduation, which is today. Yay. So it's just really beautiful. I wanted them to hear, our beautiful listeners, to hear you know, more of a background on, as to the preciousness of this Aww. school community. I'm excited. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. a great. That's Yeah. Yeah, and it's, again, the simplest, what feels so simple, 
Partly it's the busyness of our lives. Partly we get in our head and we think of lies or limiting beliefs or they wouldn't, you know, they don't really need anything else or I might just be bothering them. All the things, yeah. all the lies, which is um, a beautiful deception of the deceptor who's mm. just like, oh, nah, don't do it. I and know. you followed through. Cause, and then once I did, once I sent the email, because that was another thing. Yeah, I was worried I was going to be bothering them or right. they wouldn't have to stop their busy day to respond to me. It is a really busy time of the year. I mean, it's it legit. Is. Yeah. But yeah, as soon as I put that out there, I was like, oh, well... Yeah. How could wanting to love on these kids, you know, be a bad thing? Exactly. Right. So, so listeners, again, when we share our particular slice of the wheel of fear, open it up and just ask God, what do you want me to know about what maybe you or I shared? And I just, we hope that you're pressing into something in that week and giving yourself a little bit of that timetable of, you know, uh, five to seven days or something to just follow through with something uh, that is... I don't know. Otherwise, you just wouldn't do it for whatever yeah, reason. And exactly. so I just hope, listeners, that you are being blessed by little random acts of kindness or pressing in on one of those real big fears. Right. And we'll see if one of those comes Ugh, up. I'm done with it being the- my turn. This is three weeks <laughs> in a row. It's- <laughs> I'm actually ready. I, I'm, I'm wanting to get some of these things off my wheel of fear. So we'll see at the end of the episode when we... Uh, Rock, yeah. paper, scissors, Stay or tuned. rochambeau. <laughs> Apparently, that's a new thing. I heard somebody call it, what did they call it? They called it a rock-off this weekend at what? church. Someone was like, well, to see who goes first, why don't you guys have a rock-off? And I had Come never heard on. that before. So there's, All a, these there's new another terms. one to throw in there. All right. All right. We're learning new things. All right. All right. We'll figure that out at the end of the episode. Listeners, have you had a transformative encounter with Jesus? And do you remember what it was like at the beginning of that journey? Hmm. We are so honored that Misha shared her encounter with us last week. Mm -hmm. And this week, she's going to be reflecting on that Mm -hmm. transformation and, you know, the journey that she had searching for truth while in the midst of all of these new age practices. Yes, we're so appreciative of Misha's vulnerability as she is looking back and feeling all the feels, listening back Mm -hmm. to her transformation story and... She was self-critical. She was feeling, yeah. right? She's yeah. feeling like guilt and shame mm-hmm. and uh, just from her practices pre-Jesus when she was trying to figure out truth, when she felt that she what she believed and what she was practicing and how she was helping people, that was her truth at the time. And when we meet perfect love and we really engage with like capital T truth, And that can only come from the heavens. That's a divine truth that is not of this world whatsoever. Yeah. It's very normal to go from what we think is truth. And then when our our script gets flipped, Mm -hmm. and I love how she is basically listeners, middle of the story, she talks about um, how a family member is being pursued by love and she's being pursued by love very differently. Yeah. And um, hers was like a an ambush. Yeah. Hers was like uh, getting hit over the head by a two by four. Now, that is not our Jesus. That is not our God. He's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. But for her in her flesh, it was like, yank. I need to right. yank you out of these practices that is a false sense of peace and um, truth. Um, and so when that happens, it takes a bit to get reoriented. And so I am so incredibly appreciative that she hung in there in the conversation because we, as listeners, you're about to hear 
as we recorded the uh, interview, we just let it go and we just honored her, asked questions, we prayed about it, and we just went with it. Mm -hmm. And so throughout the entire um, recorded interview that you're about to listen to, just notice how Misha, as a new believer within about a year, going on two years, is just thinking back and reflecting life prior to Jesus and now life after. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I love how Jesus is so personal that everyone's encounter with him is different. Mm. And that's why I love hearing people's testimonies. Me too. Because they're always different. Jesus knows what we each need. And he meets us there. And it's just beautiful. I think that's towards the end of the interview. We really focus on that. I love that that's one of your favorite parts too, because... It's a, we, when we listen to people's testimonies, we learn more about the heart of God. Mm-hmm. We learn more about the truth of his yeah. entire character. So the more we're gra- like listening to people's stories, the more we're learning about the truth of who God is. Uh, yes. It's great point. Love that. That is so good. All right. Well, listeners, enjoy this conversation mm. and we'll be back after. Yeah. Day. Yes. We actually have Misha with us. Yay. Hi, Misha. Hi, Misha. <laughs> so it's really neat to have you with us now that we can mm-hmm. hear. We're going to have a conversation about that conversation you and Tara had mm-hmm. and just hearing your perspective, you know, a year and a half later. So thanks so much for being with us. It's great to be here. I know that you are transitioning business wise. So where are you now? What are you trying to do in the world? I know you're in transition, but what would be the best way to explain when people are listening to you, um, what service you're trying to provide, what ministry you're trying to develop? I support people in healing the inner hurts of the past in order for them to build a brand new foundation upon Jesus Christ and learning how to really deepen their bond with the Lord from a relational aspect. So focusing on the vulnerability that is shared with the Lord through sharing our truth, sharing honestly, um, both expressing and listening to the Lord, surrendering to the Lord, trusting the Lord, and learning those relational skills, basic relational skills, verbal expression and listening First, starting with the Lord, then with others, and then um, and then with self. So it's really kind of threefold: connecting through healthy, loving, relating relationship with God, with others, and with the self. That is so beautiful. It's all rooted in Jesus, and it's so much of what you've done in the past. Um, it's transitioned more and more and more. But here you are just not leaving. You're not leaving Jesus off the table. He's he's your go to. You draw everything to that to him as a source. Absolutely. He, he, you need him for absolutely everything. And when when there has been some sort of religious trauma, sometimes people are not open any longer to connecting with God or Jesus um, mm. or the Holy And so the healing of the inner hurt can also support people who have strayed away from their relationship with the Lord and beginning that process, coming out of the the suppression of their voice and coming into expression and starting that way. Maybe someone needs to start with healing their relationship with themselves and with others before they heal their relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It's all through love. 
all and that's what love. our podcast is about. It's all through love. And, and because God is love, whenever we're anchored in love, he is there and he will reveal himself and it'll draw him it back to him as a source. So Laura had a chance to listen to the recording. Okay. I listened to it again. Did you get to do that? Yeah, I did. It, How do you feel? It's hard. It's hard for me because I have so much like judgment of that video. <laughs> Tell me about it. I just, I hear a woman speaking who is filled with so much anger and fear. Tell me more. I just have, the Lord has changed me so much since that call. And I'm really grateful for that. He's, you know, he's still doing his work as he does for all of us. But I just, even the way that I'm talking is so, I don't know. It's like, it's like, there's so much energy. There's just so much energy. <laughs> Why don't we do this? Why don't we just, so you have an hour, right? Yeah. So thank you, Lord, so much for orchestrating this time. Amen. Uh, it's so beautiful that we can have a, a human intention for sharing our testimony and just having a, a very divine and loving agenda. But Father, we just surrender that agenda yeah. and we honor the people, all three of us here. We honor you, Father God. We put you on the throne. You are hovering over all of this. And we are just seeking your wisdom because both we want to honor you, Misha, for how you view yourself, you know, about a year ago and, and how you met the Lord and what he was doing through you. And, um, and then just the then and the now, Father, we just give that over to you. And then at the same time, so Laura, why don't you tell Misha what you told me? Like, because I agree with you, but I, because I just this morning watched that uh, clip and I did not see any anger in you or what was the other word that you said? Fear. I, fear. I didn't see that. I saw a woman that was like, I was blown away. I was like, how has she only been a Christian for five months? Yeah. <laughs> like, how does she have this much knowledge and wisdom already after just five months? So like I had a different perspective on it oh. as I did. <laughs> okay. But... but we can scrap that and just have a conversation with you and you can kind of like retell, you know, yeah. we can do it that way too. I just, no, no, I want to use it. I, I need to <laughs> overcome this thing that's going on with me. And, um, I, I know that the Lord is telling me that to use it as is just trust the two of you and trust your discernment around what is going to help people because, yeah. So let's use it and go from there. Are you sure? Absolutely. 1000%. Are there any things that you thought of while you were watching that you're like, wow, now a year and a half out from where I was, maybe here's something that, you know, I think differently about or that I could elaborate more on mm -hmm. or anything that comes to your mind with that while you were watching it? I think the the two things that come to me are just the importance of healing trauma how how Jesus heals trauma and how how humans can also support the healing of trauma uh, from a Christian perspective or from a Jesus following perspective, how we as the body of Christ can help one another emotionally. And what did you and think you heard? 
What did you hear of yourself that seemed to not articulate that um, or not enough? Yeah, maybe. Um, I think back then I didn't really understand how Jesus was going to fully, uh, how was Jesus going to get into the roots of that um, trauma? I didn't understand how Jesus did inner healing. Mm -hmm. Now I understand more how Jesus does inner healing. And I think that it's an important conversation how Jesus heals trauma to tell people who might be seeking healing of trauma, but they don't understand how Jesus does that. And they're seeking maybe doing yoga or crystals or all the other things that might actually distract them from getting really developing a strong, healthy relationship with Jesus that mm -hmm. has nothing to do with church or the, even, even the Bible. It doesn't even have to do with the word. It has to do with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So when I listened to you, I felt that you were speaking and I'd love to hear what you think about this, Laura. You were speaking from someone who had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. You you had an encounter. He yeah. may not have, you know, we're all on a healing journey. It'll be to the day we die because we're, like I said in the video, we're more and more trying to become more like Christ. And yeah. his, his the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that's a, that's a lifelong journey. And when, when you and I were talking, you had a, an encounter with Jesus that then encouraged your next steps. And you were trying to figure out your next steps. You weren't naming, you weren't judging. You, you were in a space of transition because Jesus yeah. changed your life. He changed your career. He changed your home. He changed the environment of your home um, and how you interact with others through your personal interaction with Jesus. So it was very new. It was very fresh. And yeah, you were very yeah. excited about what you experienced. And that was a 12 to 14 year journey. And you, you finally found truth and it came from a within experience. And yeah. no one, not even ourselves, can take that away. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That was a very, very precious time that we can look back. Yeah, we can look back and we can think, oh, I wish I knew more about it. I wish I could speak better. I wish now, oh, now I know I wouldn't have said it that way. I wouldn't have interacted with others that way. But we yeah. all can say that. Yeah, we can. Thank yeah. you, Tara. Just normalizing. Thank you for normalizing. Yeah. <laughs> Normalization. Oh my goodness. I already love this conversation because this is what you and I, Misha, and then Laura and I. And so I feel like we're all on the same page with holding space for that video 10 months ago for the timestamp. And you and I had never talked ever. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because when I watched it, I didn't realize that was like your first conversation ever. <laughs> you guys, uh, not like even on social had, media, like, great rapport, right? It wasn't, we had not even interacted on social media. We just saw whatever ended up popping up from each other's feeds, however long over a decade or something. 
That yeah. was our very first conversation because I had seen that shift and I, all of a sudden you were start, you were talking about Jesus and you weren't mincing your words. You were just talking right about Jesus. And so what we wanted to do is invite you in to, okay, the 10 months later or however long it's been. And Jesus has not stopped doing a work in your life, nor has he in our lives. I don't think Laura and I are the same people. Yeah. Right. And so maybe there's also that being on the hot seat and that newness and it's not as new anymore. So you can look back and see things. So I just want to, I mean, thank God he can orchestrate this, but I just want to keep holding space for any other thoughts you had in reflection to that part of your very raw, organic coming to Jesus. Like, just so beautiful. So did anything else come to your mind as you watched it again? Just the, just the miracles since then are there so many, so many miracles of change and so many miracles of growth and how he is in the center of everything. Mm. There's not a breath that goes by that I don't think about Jesus. And, hmm. you know, I mean, he's just, he, he's totally, he, he's, he is my Lord. He is the one I follow. He is my master. And mm. I, I mean, it's, it's strange to go from trying to create my own reality to totally surrendering to his mm. reality that he has for my life. So mm. just to see the shift, to feel the shift of the way of living is so, mm. is so holy and so, so restorative and life-giving. Mm. And it's not an exhausting life anymore. The other life was exhausting. Hmm. Because even though, even though from my perspective, looking in via social media, it looked very peaceful. It was there. It was definitely there was peace, absolutely. But the the price that is paid for peace to do it that way hmm. is. Um, many hours of practice of works it's doing it's what you what i was doing i was doing a yoga practice i was doing a mindset um uh study i was doing a self-care i was doing i was doing work so it's not in this this way with Jesus, it's all surrender, all trust, and all faith. Mm. And so the other way, you can attain a certain level of peace doing those things uh, and trying and striving. But Jesus does not require doing, trying, and striving. He mm -hmm. requires surrender, trust, and obey. Mm. So that's a totally different way of living. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's beautiful. So that's good. Peace, it's the way the that you just said that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The peace comes at a cost. And this peace with the Lord is just, um, it's a free gift because I choose to, tr I choose to trust him. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 it's a free gift because I'm, 
I am, I am following his commandments. What is some fruit when you talked about some miracles, some things that you've witnessed in this last year, year and a half? What's one example that you could share? Well, all of the restoration with my family, my mother, my father, my sister, my nieces, they were people that I learned to fear. And now with the Lord, he shows me that I don't need to fear. Also, he didn't give me the spirit of fear, but mm -hmm. I don't need to fear or um, to keep myself safe. So I was using fear as a way to keep myself safe. If I fear something, then I'll protect myself. Mm -hmm. Then I will make sure that I don't get hurt. And that was, again, my own armor of protection. And with Jesus, he has taught me that, number one, he hath not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I mean, that's one of my favorite scriptures ever. Mm, right. Because I know that if I am in a state of fear, worry, anxiety, doubt, that that is of the enemy, and I can cast that out in the name of Jesus. Hmm. And that is very empowering to know that I can, not self-empowering, but it's the power of God that I claim as a daughter of God, that I can hmm. lean on that and rely on it. And I can cast out demonic oppression in the name of Jesus. Hmm. So the, my voice is, I have a voice now. I have a voice that I actually really trust because it's the voice of the Lord that I listen to every day. And because I listen with my ears to the Lord, out of my mouth now is um, language that actually makes sense, that is trustworthy. I'm a more trustworthy person because I have a trustworthy Lord that heals my relationships with my family. And I, I no longer fear my family. And I don't fear anyone in the world that is sinning. Mm. And I don't fear anybody in the world that's doing something that is not, a, they're not, someone that may not be following the commandments of the Lord or creating even potential destruction in their lives or in my life. I'm not afraid of their um, disobedience. Mm. Because? Because I know that the Lord has got me and he will move his Holy Spirit through me and give me all of the appropriate responses to every situation that I need. Mm. And before? Before. So, and yeah, I, so before. Before I was relying, which is also a good thing to know, I was relying on tools of healthy, loving communication, which in the, in the natural realm, but it would come from my own thought process, my brain, my mind, mm -hmm. and my flesh. My flesh and my emotions were dictate, they were the master of my life. My emotions yeah. and my 
flesh were the were the master. Mm-hmm. And now with him, he is my master, and I submit and surrender, and I only do something because he has told me to do it or say it. So back to like your parents and your sister and other relationships that have healed as that example of some miracles that you've seen. Um, That is where you put that into practice. So could you press into that just a little bit more how then that blessed these relationships? It's not rooted in fear. God is your master of wisdom and power. So you know the source in which you're going to go to. Yes. And he specifically, I've experienced the Holy Spirit breaking strongholds that I'm not even aware of and my sister not even aware of. So, for example, very specifically, there was a dynamic in my family where myself, my mother, sorry, my sister, my mother, and my father were kind of like a trio, and I was on the outside. You might say that I was the black sheep of the family. And um, I never felt like I fit in with them. And I just never felt I fit in. Mm-hmm. And we, we were a family that did not grow up with Jesus or faith at all. So we were a very secular, non-religious, non-faith that we had none of that in our family. Um, so flesh was the, was the master here and, and only flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, the enemy got in at a very, very early stage in our family, you know, from my conception, it was run by the enemy. And mm-hmm. um, so there was always a, a feeling of me being left out or uh, misunderstood. And so I just went off on my own when I was saved. And, and simultaneously, the Lord was saving my sister two separate things. The Lord was saving us at the same time. She was having her own experiences that people were ministering to her, trying to share the gospel with her in the States. And then I'm in Costa Rica and I'm having my own awakening with the Lord. And we were not even, my sister and I were not talking at this time. Hmm. Total miracle that the Lord was pursuing both of us at the very same time. And anyways, once she decided to give her Lord to her life to the Lord, and I was also, um, <clears throat> hers was more of a decision. Mine was more just like, I'm, I'm grabbing you and here we go. <laughs> uh, but there we were back in the States together and speaking about the stronghold is that I don't think my sister knew that she was, she wasn't aware that she was part of this little trio between my mom and dad and her, but the the enemy kind of put them together and then me on the outside. That's just the way the dynamics worked. And what, what, what happened one day is I reached out to my parents having a financial need, which before I was saved, I would reach out to them with a financial need um, once in a while. And when I would do that, it would create a big family drama. There's Misha again. Oh, Misha needs money again. Oh, she's not taking care of herself again. Oh, that crazy girl. She's off doing whatever she wants to do. And what they would do, my parents would do is they would call my sister and get her in the middle of it. What's Misha doing over there? Wait, you know, what's going on with her? And they'd rope. Mm. So then there was this like little triangulation going on. And then my sister would 
you know, take their side. And this was the dynamic for many years. And once we were saved, I, I, I kind of resolved that I was never going to ask my parents for support if I needed five bucks or anything. Like I wasn't going to ask them because I would always get this backlash. So I just really decided not to do that. Well, after I was saved, my sister saved, we're back in the States together. And all of a sudden out of my mouth, and this is why I say the Holy Spirit moves out of my mouth and I will just say something. And I, I'm not thinking, but because I've surrendered so much to the Lord, it just happens. So out of my mouth, you know, I'm asking my parents like, Hey, can I, you know, I I'm in this transition right now. I'm I don't have a job yet. Could you lend me some money? And I can't even believe that I asked that because again, in the past I would say that and mm -hmm. I would get the repercussions of it. And they never mentioned anything to me but they went right to my sister and they tried to do the same thing in that same stronghold, that stronghold that the enemy had. Let's keep the three of them together and one apart. Mm -hmm. And they tried to rope her into the same conversation. And out of my sister's mouth was, this will stop right now. This will never happen again. Do not talk to me about my sister like this. She's going through a difficult time. I'm here to help her. I'm going to, you, if you don't want to give her this money, this $10 for gas, I'm going to give her this $10 for gas. Misha is putting her resume out. She's doing all kinds of things. Don't you see that she's a hard worker? She's just having, going through a really difficult mm. time right now. And this will end now. If you have an issue with her, you're not going to call her. You're not going to call me and rope me into the middle. Hmm. So the dynamic was stopped and my sister got off the phone and came into the room to see me. And she said, Misha, I don't even know what I was saying. It was the Holy Spirit. She's like, I was speaking and I realized that I've been brainwashed my whole life to just go along with their story. And I, I told them it's done. That's over. Those hmm. days are done. And ever since then, like that dynamic is not there anymore. It's, it's not there. My parents it stopped at that point. They stopped. Wow. It kind of reared its head again because my parents aren't saved. I mean, my, yeah. my dad has renewed his relationship with the Lord. But the thing is, is that that um, sister disconnect is no longer possible. Mm. And now my sister and I are both saved and there is strength in Christ mm -hmm. in both of our hearts, which has now then allowed my father to be renew his connection with the Lord. And because my mother comes from a lineage of family that said, we don't believe in God. We don't believe in anything. We're atheists. That's the way it is. I started to see how the enemy got into my mother's lineage. And because mm. my father wasn't a strong man of God standing as the head of the household and my mother's voice coming from the enemy, which she doesn't really know that that's of the enemy, yeah. but, you know, for her, it was just like her voice was stronger in the family. And my dad didn't, you know, stand as that man of God in our family. So that, that is what, um, overruled our home was was the enemy's tactics and mm. that created all of that triangulation in our family so when we were both saved those strongholds started to break very mm. rapidly and quickly it was like the enemy would try to rope in but it couldn't stick anymore and now there's just more freedom there's more mm. truth 
there's more love, there's more reconciliation. And now all of those healthy, loving, relating tools that I was using to support my own healing before being saved came into handy before mm -hmm. I was saved. My mother would never learn them. But now my mom wants to learn those healthy relating skills. My father wants to learn those healthy wow. relating skills. And that's a miracle because for five years before I was saved, I would ask them all the time. I would love it if we could have a conversation as a family where everybody can be seen and heard with skill, respect, and honor. We can agree to disagree, but it would be so wonderful. Would you like to learn some of the skills that I've been learning for five years and teaching other people? And I got crickets. All three of them mm -hmm. didn't want any part of it because, you know, when you start doing healthy, loving, relating, all of the stuff can start to come up and it is a little yeah. bit rocky there, you know, but I was the person because I was the black sheep. I was also the one on the outside. So I was like, well, I guess I'm familyless and I'm going to just start creating my own version of family within myself, within myself, as we know from the past testimony with my own inner mother, my own inner father, mm -hmm. I'm going to a pretend mom and a pretend dad. And I'm going to have, I'm going to have this relationship with my inner child and my inner mom and my inner father. That became my world because mm. my family was so toxic. Yeah. I loved when you talked about um, going to your inner mother and, and, and it was your inner mother that told you to go to Jesus. To go to Jesus. So can yeah. you tell me more about that? Like how long had you had this, you know, the verbiage for inner mother and, and do you think that your inner mother is like, wisdom is, is like the spirit. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, that voice was the closest to God that I could, I could get because I didn't know Jesus. Then I knew that after a while, the yoga wore itself out that doing breathing exercises does not create the peace we all understanding. It, it doesn't, it creates mm -hmm. a moment of, of calmness, but it's not the peace beyond all understanding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then after that exhausted me, I went into the healthy relating and then, but I was learning these healthy relating skills with a, a community that were, a lot of them were in partnership and they had a, a husband or a wife and I was single and there was no way I was about to get into a relationship with someone at that point when I was still healing. So I needed to have these conversations ab about the pain inside. And for some reason, the like going to a therapist or a counselor, just it was not satisfying the need I had. It just wasn't. Mm -hmm. So what happened was I would do meditations and I would... I would see like my little inner child, little Misha, and I would see like these visions of like a pretend mom and a pretend dad. And I would draw, I would draw little Misha who was hurt, mm -hmm. scared. And then I would draw the, the, the inner mother and the inner father. That's how it started. I would started with drawing it. And I noticed that like the way that I, the way that I drew inner mother and father they were not even looking at the little wounded Misha. They had like stone eyes and they were just standing there like, you know, like they were stick figures. And then I was like, if I'm trying to heal these inner wounds of hurt, 
Mm-hmm. Like, I want to draw a different inner mother. I want to draw a different inner father. Like I want to have, so then I started to like move. I, it's so funny. I would like erase their eyes from looking straight ahead. And I'd put their eyes looking down at the picture of me mm. and draw their arms, like reaching mm. down to the little Misha that had nobody. And I draw the inner mother finally, like, you know, holding her. And then it's like, so the drawing helped the inner healing to create this imaginary mom and dad. And then eventually I started to use the tools of healthy, loving, relating with humans that I was starting to learn and practice and teach people. But I started to have imaginary conversations with little Misha and inner mother, little Misha and inner father. And I literally would like sit in a chair and I'd be like, oh, inner inner mother, I, I don't know who I'm lost. I'm I'm lost. I don't know who I am. And then I would go over here and I'd be like, like, who's my inner mother? But it's like in the beginning, I would make up like how my mother to talk. Mm -hmm. But after a while, it became really like I never I didn't have to like sit in two chairs. I just would Mm -hmm. go into a meditation and I would just say it. And then I started to hear the voice of love. I literally started to hear the voice of love, the voice of care, the voice of nurturing, the voice of guidance. And even one time I remember I was like talking to inner father and I was just saying, you know, I'm so mad about something and I need you to do this inner father. And it was so funny because all of a sudden I hear this voice that says, ask me kindly, do not make demands. Ask me kindly, do not make demands. And then I kind of made this, like I understood that in my anger, I was being very demanding in my verbiage. And so little by little, this relationship, like that's just one experience, right? But that's how that's really started. And and so that relationship with inner mother was just an important one because for some reason, the inner mother would show up as a very protective um, personality. And um, and when I was going through that difficulty in my business, and really the Lord was just stripping away the my reliance on yeah. and my idolatry on money to keep myself safe. Not like I was making a whole lot, but I was just leaning on money in an unhealthy way. That's how the Lord stripped all that out of my life. And then I just, I feel that the the Lord saw too that I had had a Bible and I, I had read a couple of scriptures like during the months prior to that, but just like, I didn't know how to read the Bible. I mean, it was a really easy paraphrased one, but it was very difficult for me to understand. I didn't have the Holy Ghost in me. I didn't understand scripture. I had no idea what I was reading, but obviously the Lord saw that I was I was opening to his word. And that's what I think that he, it came through the inner mother, just saying, get on your hands and your knees and start talking to Jesus. And then after that, um, I did still connect with inner mother and father because that's how I knew how to relate. That's who I, th- those were the safest, really mm-hmm. it's reliable. But and- then, then Jesus became much bigger and much greater. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's- I'll pause you. Yeah, Finish ahead. your thought, but I, I cannot wait to, to process something with you. Do you have something else? Yeah, I'm just saying that it took, time, it took time to not only relinquish the yoga, the tarot decks, the crystals, all of that, 
and it took time to relinquish the inner mother and father and the yoga mat. I mean, because those were all just this like safety zone for me. Mm. And I was learning how to surrender and trust to the Lord. But what was cool is that he didn't, he, I mean, I kept a couple yoga books and I kept conversating with inner mother and father, but I noticed that as I kept those doors open, it, there were still, the enemy was still getting in. Mm. Once I got rid of all the books, all the inner mother, father, and I just stopped it for good. And I made the declaration to the Holy Spirit. It is only you. I only go to you. That's it. Then a total indwelling of more Holy Spirit got in me. Mm. And it's just like, that's why I'm on such a narrow path now. I just, I won't do any of those things because it's not because I, maybe for somebody else it's working for them. But I know for me, mm -hmm. like I have to walk real narrow and straight with the Lord. Mm. I love that you were able to do that. That's such a, I've never heard somebody talk about that before. And that's such a beautiful way of truth telling. Like you were just mm. confessing all of your thoughts and your fears. It's beautiful to hear that you were already confessing even before Jesus was in your life. You were already like practicing that confessing it all out. Mm. And how beautiful that like that God worked through your, your inner mother because he's in everything, even mm -hmm. in that, like yep. it's so beautiful that he can come into something even like that and speak to you in that moment. I don't know that I, I thought your story was, it's just so beautiful. We're all searching for truth. We're all on a path for truth. We're all on a path for that love. And we know it nails it on the head when we see the heart of God through Jesus Christ, and then we get that empowerment through the Holy Spirit. There's so much of it I don't fully understand. But while I'm working with clients and of all different on their faith journey, we when we go back and I ask them to go back to a childhood memory, and this is in context, it doesn't mean it's going to be session one, it could be session four. I let the Holy Spirit lead, but somewhere in our set of sessions, the Holy Spirit does want them to go back to that memory, that triggered memory. And that memory, uh, what I loved about when you had said inner mother, inner father, you were having that inner conversation that is very similar to when I ask people, what do you, and this is out of context for a minute, but some way, shape or form, it comes out like this. What is, what is unconditional love telling you? Like Laura had already said, these are the, this is what I'm confessing. I'm confessing these limiting beliefs. I'm confessing these lies. They feel like total truths to me, I'm, but I'm just confessing them out. I'm just speaking them out. And then it's what, what would your form of perfect, unconditional love, what is it that you would want in response? And that's what it was. You, in response, you got exactly what you needed. And that yeah. wasn't self-healing. That was Jesus pursuing you and drawing you closer to the heart of God. And so you literally got a protect, you had a maternal love, that maternal aspect of the Trinity. And that is what you've just so bravely, and with all due respect to your mom, you've spoken you know, very kindly about her, but this is your story growing up in this home that you didn't have the love and the connection with mom, 
But in this back and forth connection, that's exactly what you got on a spiritual level. And what you needed, that back and forth, what you needed, you got. And that was so different than self-help and self-empowerment. You yeah. were open to a higher power. You couldn't, you know, possibly through the Bible, possibly through Jesus. I'm searching. I just am putting words to what I do with people that is so transformative and how the spirit of God, the unconditional love of God did that in your secret place. That's all it's written all throughout scripture. It's like, I picture you under his wing in his protection, because that's what your spirit, that's what the trauma, the lack of protection, the lack of connection. And in that spiritual connectedness that you were welcome, even the mustard seed, you got it. So I just want to mention what is what I do with people all the time. It does start with this love connection and it is always connected to God. And you know it is when it hits the nail on the head and it's for the first time ever not connected to anything in the material and the natural world. And it's like this, this is God. Now I'm going to keep on this path to find out, oh, this is Jesus. Oh, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. It just, does that make sense the way I said that to you, Misha? It, it makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you giving context to what I would call pre-Jesus and how actually Jesus was in that. Yeah. And that he knew that it was a relationship with him. And he was teaching me how to be in relationship through the inner mother and father, this pretend family that he actually gave me that gift in a language that I could understand. That's that right. Yes. In your grid, in your context, in your language, and, and we know it's of God because it continued to be loving and it was peaceful. There wasn't confusion. Okay. It drew you to your knees to pray and accept Jesus into your heart. It yeah. all brought more and more peace and freedom and love before you even knew where this is in the Bible. And that's what I want just to open up this space for the, this is, this is the mystery of God. This is like unconditional, unfathomable, like there's nothing that'll stop him. But there's something super, super precious to me and Laura about that pre-Jesus story that Jesus is all over it. And yet we just didn't know it. Well, I'm glad you're saying that because truly, and I feel like the Holy Spirit is so present right now. I mean, the Holy Spirit is speaking through you right now because the Lord has on my heart all the time those people that I was teaching how to connect with their inner child and inner mother and father. I mean, he has them on my heart all the time. And I think that in my salvation journey thus far, because it also was rooted with all the yoga and plant medicine and things that were were not healthy, mm. that were not healthy, they opened doors. Um mm. I kind of lumped that like inner family foundation. I kind of lumped it with that because I've just been 
trying to be so narrow in the journey myself to make sure that I don't ever create a space where that could open up any sort of oppression. But now I know that if that shows up, I mean, I know how to, I know how to cast out those spirits and I, I take authority in Jesus Christ. I know how to do it and doesn't, you know, I would, I would deal with that differently now. Um, But I think that it's important because again, those, there are many people that are trying to get to the root of their childhood wounds. Yeah. And, And so understanding that the inner family foundation was a version of Jesus Christ as it prepared me. Um, it just, that feels more true. It feels more real. And, and be, and I know that to be true because the Lord is not the author of confusion. So I feel there is something very pure about it. And it shows me how deep, how deep the Lord's love is. And I have to say that, you know, five years prior to my saving, I had been doing like, uh, different plant medicine journeys and such. And on one of those journeys, what happens when you do those is you, you, you do go to, uh, you, you access the supernatural realm. You are in you are in the supernatural realm and you meet up with both demon spirits and you can also meet up with God and Jesus. And that's why people do it because they, they start to have connection Mm. with God. And, but you also, you're not, you're in, you're in the heavenlies. You're right there where the supernatural battle is taking place. So you're in the dark, you get a chance to be with the dark and the light. You get to see Mm. God, you get to see Satan, but you're there. It's cloaked in, well, it's all God. You don't think that you're you're com- communing with Satan. You think it's all God. So that's yeah. the deception. And on one of those little journeys that I did, I did meet Jesus. I met Jesus. And it was the most, I mean, I, I don't have words other than total peace, total peace. And I wanted to go and I didn't want to come back. I wanted to go and I wanted to transition and I wanted to go be with Jesus. And Jesus said to me, um, it's your choice, Misha. You can either come home now or you can stay. (laughs) If you stay on earth, it's going to be a very difficult ride, a very difficult ride. You're going to go through a few years that are very hard. (laughs) You're going to have to choose now. Do you want to go back or do you want to come with me? And I said, I got to go back. I got to, but he gave me a choice. He, hmm. I, I got to go back. I got to raise my daughter. And I can't imagine just like leaving her in, in that hell hole of, of earth. Earth is terrible. And hmm. I can't go there. And he said, okay, but it's going to be really hard. Are you ready for it? And I said, I'm ready for it. Yeah. And I thought, hey, this is so interesting. I have this first time I'm telling anybody this. Two or three days later, I met a woman. I came out of that ceremony. And I said to her, <clears throat> you know, I, I went on this journey and I feel like I, I need to stay. There's something here that I have to do. I cho- I'm choosing to live. I'm choosing to live. And I had done a little bit of research right after that about healthy, loving, relating. And I hadn't found where I wanted to learn it. I had this, this, this spirit that I want to learn what healthy, loving relationships are. And I found this program that was $5,000. And I was meeting with my yogi friend at the time. And 
she just had a lot of family money. And I told her, I said, I don't know what it is about this program, but I know I have to do it, but I don't have $5,000. I don't have 5,000. And she said to me, Misha, I was in my meditation and, and I'm just hearing that I need to pay for you to do the program because whatever, whatever you learn there, you're going to teach many people about healthy, loving relationships. Wow. And isn't that interesting? Wow. And that's what got me out. She paid for me to go in that, that those studies. And that's when I started to learn the healthy, loving, relating. And that's what led me to do the inner child work into inner mother, and inner father, which I didn't learn from anybody, but I it just kind of made it up. And, um, but that's how I got, that's how I got to Jesus. Wow. But I, it's, it's, I mean, so you're right. Jesus is with me the whole time. Yeah. And I'll close up before you ask the more, a couple of questions. Right now, you know, to have the language, it's the maternal and the paternal part of the Trinity. You yeah. know, Father God is our paternal God and and there's training and, and biblical. I don't have the references right now, but the Holy Spirit can be referenced as the maternal part. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Jesus's friend, kind of more of the pure level. Um, if you're thinking about the Trinity in terms of we are supported in those healthy, loving, relating uh, relationships with relationships here on earth that are some of the most important relationships, our family foundation, our mother and our father. So you might not use the same exact language now that you're equipped with additional language that gets right up into um you know, the truth of God and the Holy Spirit and yeah. the role that Jesus plays as Emmanuel is with us um, as friend and all the things, counselor and, and guide. And uh, it's just so beautiful how we are loved in surround sound. And it's okay when, as we're on journey, that language changes. And as soon as the Holy Spirit gives us a new equipping, we use the new equipping. Yeah. We don't use the old anymore. That was for then. This is for now. That's the old person. This is the new. Yes. And so there's no shame and guilt in how we used to show up in those different wineskins, if you will. Yes. Um, so I just wanted to close that up. Um, as like Jesus is over all of it. God's over all of it. Jesus is within it all. Yeah. Amen. And I think that's like a super important lesson to learn how to truth tell and how to confess. Mm -hmm. So even, you know, as you're teaching your clients and as you were working with your inner mother and inner father in that, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a blessing to, um, to your clients to be able to yes. confess because before Jesus was in my life, I don't think I confess like that. Like I didn't have those real conversations with myself confessing mm. and truth telling like that. Um, and man, that's when God shows that's up. Good. It's like when we are able to like be completely honest about mm. where we are and who we are. And then, you know, I feel like that's when God shows up. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I don't know that this is even a question, but I really liked the way you illustrated the healing process and how you talked about when we're trying to rely on ourselves or outside sources, when we're not relying on Jesus, that it just ends up being kind of a loop, a quick fix, or, you know, we do find peace, but then we find ourselves back, you know, mm. we just kind of go in this loop. And I liked what you said, um, that the healing isn't complete without Jesus. So without Jesus, it ends up being kind of this loop. Mm. 
But then once you bring Jesus into it, you know, it's like true healing, lifelong healing. Um, not that the process is ever done because here we are, yeah. you know, always. But the, it, it also reminds me of it. There's a ceiling to our healing. There's a, there's a cap without there's Jesus and we don't yeah. actually get to the root. No, I think it's, it's, it's really the, it's the message that people that are healing need to hear. They need to hear that relying on methods of self or others anything that is worldly is going to cap out at a certain place. Mm -hmm. There is going to be looping. And, um, you know, that's the case for Christ. I mean, it's one of the cases for Christ. Yeah. So it's important to be able to, I, I, you know, I pray every day that I'll be able to express that in a way that will be heard and seen with an open ear or just, you know, and just that, that ear of curiosity, because, you know, my heart breaks when, when someone is so closed off to Jesus and they are in those looping patterns. Um, but mm -hmm. I also know, like, as you say, you know, the Lord is with them as well, um, mm -hmm. when they are in that place and my prayers can, and our prayers for those that are looping and trying to take that, that on themselves or to look outside into the, into the world for that, that, you know, we can, mm. we can strengthen our prayers. That's good. I think that the enemy uses the healing world as a, as a form of deception. He uses that. And when you say healing world, what does that mean to you? The trauma informed healing space of mm. coaches that are doing trauma informed work, coaches that are doing um, embodiment, tantra, um, yoga, plant medicine, all of those things, the enemy has infiltrated that space in a way mm -hmm. that is, that is, um, going to really prove to be, as uh, um, more and more, more and more, they do the yoga more and more. They do the plant medicine more and more. They do the Tantra. They are getting so far and far away from God. And especially if they're doing those, a lot of the plant medicines, they get so far from Jesus and so far from God that it's, mm. it's very, I mean, of course, Jesus, he can do miracles, but I just feel that it's what I notice now in the trauma informed healing world is that it's like, there is a real separation happening. So it's mm. like, Oh, well, you're, you just went from new age to Jesus and I'm over here. And I just feel that, you know, you know, you be you, you be you and say yes mm. to everything. And it's creating such a division and the enemy just loves that. He's mm -hmm. all up in that. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I get passionate about that because these are people that are looping. And at the same time, they're being deceived because they think they're actually connecting to God, but they're not. They're connecting. Mm -hmm. with Satan. They are they're, they They're getting they're getting their healing from Satan. And it's mm -hmm. false it's because crazy. it works because it temporarily works. It gives that fix. It gives yeah. answers. It gives answers that we're searching for, but it's rooted in uh, mm -hmm. a source that's empty and that's self-indulgent. And yeah. also we're getting really, it doesn't save souls. It I does. mean, it's it doesn't save your soul. You don't become an eternal being. So it's, uh, it's beyond worse than just a temporary fix. There's no afterlife. There's no eternity. 
And um, that's what you're so passionate about because you've walked in a space that we have not walked in. Um, you've walked in a space, you've, you've seen the deception yes, the firsthand. Deception. But that is a really, really good segue, even more than what I would have done is because it's the word expression. And the last episode we stumbled upon in the mental health um, kind of focus, we were we were focused on mental health mm -hmm. and wrapping up the month of May. And um, Bob Hamp is a gentleman who um, has inspired our thinking as well. And um, he just, we utilized his, um, his resource on this fact that the opposite of depression is expression when often we think of it's joy or happiness, right? So exactly, you know where I'm going with this. So it's this constant um, just be, being self-aware and intentional in our lives when we're kind of on a scale tipping towards depression or where we get to express and not only express like letting our self, like use our voice and express truth, but that, that is, that's rooted and sourced in truth from above, from the heavenly realm. And so expression is so integral to our abundant life. And so what I've seen you do, and I've gotten to know you more and more is that expression. And that's just so beautiful. So I'm holding that space. And do you remember the time that I think it was a mother-in-law? I think it was, you were actually married for that short time, right? And it was, so it was a mother-in-law and, um, and she said, you are not on a spiritual journey. I thought that was one of the most damning things anyone could ever say to somebody. Um, that is such an only like, that is, I mean, way bigger than our pay grade. That is, that is <laughs> incredible. And so, um, but holding space for what I just have this visualization of what, how that depressed you, how that suppressed you, like her words actually are like compressing on your truth. And that you're not on a spiritual journey, that you aren't deserving to be on a spiritual journey. And that was a that was a, a belief system that there's multiple ways to God. And yet you, in your lack, in your not enoughness, in your shame, aren't on any one of those paths. So I just find it so beautiful how Jesus pursued you your entire life. But from that moment that uh you know, she spoke such death over you and word curses over you. And then here you are in fullness of expression. So I just wanted to see if you had a thought on, on that beautiful journey from that point to now. Well, as always, you just bring to a crystallized moment, something that I don't, I don't see, but this is the body of Christ, right? We edify one another through mm -hmm. these revelations. So mm -hmm. first, I just want to say thank you, because right now in this moment, I'm, I am seeing how that really did oppress and suppress me. And that was the deepest, um, that was the, that was a very deep wound Simultaneously, it was it was the thing that led me to dive deeper into a spiritual journey. I wanted to understand how somebody could say that. Um, but I think that where I'm at now is that 
The Lord is showing me how to boldly use my voice and to and to hopefully, you know, plant that seed of hope for others to use their voice mm-hmm. for those who have been oppressed or silenced. And the silencing is always where the enemy can trap us in our silence. So it's important that expression is comes forth. And what sometimes I need to go into deeper prayer about both for myself and for people that I love and, and all, all beings is that no matter what has been done or said or oppressed or um, silenced, that our voices need to come forth. Mm-hmm. And so we need to speak and this is a message for myself too, uh, that we need to speak no matter how awkward it sounds at first, no matter (laughs) how it sounds at first, we need to start this conversations happening in order to come out from the deceptions of the enemy. It is what detangles us from dysfunction, deception, illusion, distraction. And especially if we have people that will listen with the ear of the Holy Spirit, with patience and the uh, discerning um, ear, good listening skills. This is how we can support one another mm. in, in in the healing, in the coming to the Lord. So expression is not only essential for getting out of depression, it is part of our spiritual journey of coming back home to the Lord. We <laughs> need to use our voice. We need to not only worship through our hymns and our songs, we need to have difficult conversations, and mm-hmm. I believe we need a, we need we need those ears of listening because a lot of people will just silence, including myself too. If I know that someone is going to be on the other end, either not fully listening or judging, then the you know the that that expression gets silenced. So it's mm-hmm. both, both the need for effective and bold. Yeah communication and expression, but it's also the the skills and openness we have as listeners. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's all through love. All and that's what love. our podcast is about. It's all through love. And, and because God is love, whenever we're anchored in love, he is there and he will reveal himself and it'll draw him it back to him as a source. What a great conversation. Oh, wasn't it? And what a great example of how well Jesus loves us and how uniquely Jesus mm-hmm. loves us. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. I appreciated it. I've been holding on to this gem for over a year. I know. I'm glad we figured we finally I figured know. out how to utilize that yes. initial conversation you yep. had with Misha. Listeners, we know that was a pretty long conversation, mm-hmm. so we're not going to waste any more of your time. We're just going to jump straight into the Wheel, Wheel of Fear. Welcome back. That felt good. I know. We haven't, <laughs> we haven't done it like we that. We haven't done it minute. like that. Right. My hands are still sweaty, but Ooh. I liked that. All right. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Here we go. Rochambeau. Rochambeau. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right. All right. Paper. Tie. Rock, Rock paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, <laughs> my losing streak is over. I thought it's maybe turn. I thought maybe you'd choose rock and I'd cover you, but nope. Okay, here we go. I was waiting for what it was going to land on. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, 
I guess this is better because I have a couple different versions of uh, me as an author, as a writer. So a year ago, over a year ago, I finally completed my manuscript. And it's my testimony, speaking of testimonies, and um, it's been sitting for a year. Mm. And I'm not, it's not like it, I haven't been purposeful and prayerful and doing some things behind the scenes, but it's time I got to get going. Yeah. And it's, we're in summer mode. And so we're going to be downshifting and doing different things. And so I, okay, so I put it on my wheel of fear. This one in particular is I need to get moving. I need to get my um, book proposal out. Okay. So my plan per what I feel like is fully honoring my test, excuse me, my manuscript is instead of going through um, Amazon and self-publishing, which is a great option, Mm -hmm. I just really, in my gut, I really feel like this needs to be in the hands of professionals. I really want this, um, my testimony and the, the details to be well written and thought out and crafted for mm-hmm. the future reader. Well, yeah. I mean, it's such an amazing You've read story. It. Heck yeah. I don't want to mess around with it. No. And I'm a, I'm a good writer. I've learned to yes, say that about myself. Uh, and I do consider myself an author, but I also know that professionals would bless this. Yeah. So that means I go in uh, the route of finding a literary agent. And then the literary agent takes my book proposal and approves it or not. If Mm -hmm. the literary agent approves it, then that company does the work with the professional publishing companies. Okay. But I have to get this proposal done. So this time last year, I really, I worked very hard on it, but I couldn't answer some of the questions. Like I literally, it's not even how to answer them. It's, I can't answer them. Mm. I can't fulfill the needs and it makes me feel, I mean, I have total fear over this. If God is calling me to go into this route, I need to have platform and buy-in. I have to have skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to get into it a bunch right now, but I can't answer that. I don't have the platforms that I used to have. Again, that's an act of obedience. God's called me away from certain platforms that were large platforms. It's wackadoo. This is so crazy. But I trust God so much with this, with his story. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, my point, just to get to the point here of this part of the Wheel of Fear, is I need to do the very best I can to answer all the questions so that's what I'm going to do. Awesome. I don't think in the week I'm probably going to turn it into the agent, but maybe it'll be that much of a kick in the pants that I actually complete it Yay. and turn it into the agent. But I think it's really just about getting it back getting out. Getting it back out. Getting Looking, back in the mindset. Getting back into the mindset. Yes. So we'll see what happens after okay. that. So I'll take listeners, I'll take your prayers over completing this book proposal. All right. uh, step one. Good or stuff. step 10. I don't know. <laughs> Take 10. You're in the process. I'm in the process. So that's it. All right. We'll see what happens next week. All right. Well, thanks, listeners. And we'll be back next week with another amazing story. Oh, buckle. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up. So can't wait. We'll be back. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.
We are so glad you listened to this episode of the Abundantly Me podcast, where we flip the script on fear and exchange it for perfect love and truth. Want to stay in touch? Please consider subscribing. And if you would like to continue the conversation from an episode, go to AbundantlyMe.org to access our podcast group. And remember, when it comes down to it, the greatest way not to allow fear to be a liar, a limiter, or a liability is to first be loved by God. Then we can show up in life motivated by truth and love that sets us free. And we would love a virtual hug by sharing, liking, and leaving a review, which also allows others to learn about this free service. 